Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santamire, and I'm going to be your host. We have our friend Dick Foth with us back for a session of Back Channel with Foth. And then we're going to jump into our uh, interview with Toby Miles on business's mission or BAM. Dick, so excited to have you with us back on the podcast. Thank you, Aaron. I think it's a bit warmer where you are than where I am in Colorado this morning, but good to see you. For sure, for sure. Dick, the first question I have for you is about um, the virtual church. And uh, this person sent in the question, and I'll try to give you more of the information that was in the email. And the question is, as we are planning churches around the world, more, uh, I'm hearing more about the virtual church and the virtual reality church being discussed. Virtual baptisms, virtual communion. Um, what are your thoughts on this? And uh, the second question is basically uh, ties into that. What questions should we be asking before jumping into this, this new trend um, about the virtual church? Meaning that my understanding, I did a little, when I got the question, did a little bit of investigation. It's basically having like an avatar. And so the person is virtually at the church, but not in there in body. And so that was, that was kind of their question. So, so it sort of, Animated. Animated. Yeah, exactly. That, that'd be right. Yeah, that'd be right. You know, um, I've had a lot of questions in my life <laughs> for myself and from others. Um, this one is fascinating yeah. in that I've not heard much about this at all. Okay. And uh, I think, I think it, if the purpose is to have some connection rather than no connection, then that's that's of interest to me. Yeah. I think if it's a substitute for the real deal, by the okay. real deal I'm talking about actually gathering or gathering however we do it, um, then I think it has, it, it, it has challenges to it. Okay. Uh, but it sounds to me, it, yeah. it sounds to me like the idea is that I am unable to connect yeah. for some reason. Um, but, but I'm trying, if it's a substitute for the real deal, then I don't think, I don't think I'm going there. Okay. Uh, just personally. Okay. This is not their question, but I just have one to tag on there. So over yeah. the years, if you've seen, you've seen changes within the church and, yeah. and there's been different things within the church. Is that how you, do you run it through that paradigm or that lens of saying, is this drawing away or is there a question when, I would say in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you saw some different trends. Was there sure. a certain question you would ask yourself before jumping into engaging with it? Well, I, I think that a, a core question I ask is, does whatever, it, whatever the methodology we're talking about, does it have a biblical basis? Okay. Well, you know, the, I don't think the Bible really addresses cyberspace. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so that's, a, that's a, a challenging one. But yeah. I think if the intent is to connect, okay. and if this, for a moment, uh, helps me identify, yeah. then that would be that would be interesting. I think the the paradigm that I use most for how does the church work practically came from Howard Snyder years ago, um, who was a missionary, I think, to Brazil, who okay. wrote a book entitled "The Problem with Wineskins." Okay. And he described the early church as having three pieces. One was charismatic leadership in the in the largest sense of charismatic, you know, yeah. God anointed apostolic leadership. Uh, 
large group meetings, i.e. going up to the temple if you were Jewish, okay. and small groups, i.e. house to house, those three pieces. And depending on what tradition or denomination you have uh, been born into or brought up through, it tends to emphasize one or more of those sides of the triangle. Okay. So it's it's uh, the very strong apostolic kind of leadership, or and or the large group meeting, small group. That's okay. usually the the paradigm through which I see stuff. Good deal. Good deal. Dick, appreciate your wisdom and insight on this one. And we're going to go ahead and jump into our interview with Toby Miles on business admission and um, just a fascinating conversation with him about how he's seeing um, opportunities to to share the love of Jesus Christ around the world and maybe a different forum that we have, we have done in the past. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to have a new friend uh, with us, Toby Miles. And Toby, so excited to have you on the podcast with us today. Could you go ahead and take a few minutes to just share a little bit about yourself? Well, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here on this podcast with you. Um, As you said, I'm Toby Miles, and my wife and I have been serving the Lord in the Arab world for about the last 20 years. And we've been doing business submission in the Arab world, and our passion is really to see the nations come to Jesus. And we realize that, you know, that some of the traditional models that we use and have seen our parents use and others use around the world um, are no longer welcome in some of the countries that we want to reach. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Lord has burdened our hearts um, and given us a passion for using uh, creative access, business, business mission yeah. to enter these countries. And so, yeah, I... I, I get the privilege. I have the privilege of coaching and doing training and doing, you know, working with uh, young kingdom entrepreneurs uh, on their journey as they're looking to do BAM. Very cool. You mentioned parents. Did you grow up overseas or did you grow up in the United States? Yeah, uh, both my wife and I uh, grew up overseas. Our parents uh, served the Lord as missionaries and it was just what a godly heritage we have of those who've gone before us. Amen. Amen. Exciting. Well, you mentioned it. Business is mentioned. Um, a lot of times we use those acronym BAM. You know, the first time I heard about BAM, I had no idea what they what they meant by BAM. Um, but could you share just what are the distinctives of a BAM and uh, yeah, in business's mission? Yeah, great question. I think, you know, there's a lot of terminology out there. You have words like 10 making BAM, business, business for transformation, B for T, um, you know, workplace ministry, all these different things like that. And we've chosen to use the word business's mission. We like BAM. Um, and the definition that we use is it's an intentional integration of cross-cultural business and ministry. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what we want to see. We want to see an intentional, we're, we're integrating both the business and the ministry. And we put the, we also use in there cross-cultural because we think mission is cross-culture. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the, the distinctives then, of BAM would be number one, it would enable proclamation. Hmm. If your BAM, if your business submission, if your identity doesn't enable proclamation, then, you know, we have a problem with that. We think, you know, you need to do something that's going to allow you to share and open your mouth for Jesus. Hmm. Uh, the second thing is we believe that it focuses on holistic transformation. 
Um, it is not just only a spiritual transformation, which we want that. That is right. that's primarily, pr- primarily that's the first, but it also impacts the country and your employees, um, you know, um, financially and, it, mm-hmm. you know, socially. And, you know, you can have those different types of changes. And we've seen, you know, people's lives change as a result of businesses' mission. Um, number three, it's also concerned for the least reached. We mm-hmm. believe that BAM goes and, and really goes for those places that do not have access to the gospel. Um, you can do business mission a lot of other places. We're not saying that, but in our heart, in our mind, we believe that BAM would go to those least reached places. And then number four, uh, we I believe that BAM should be committed to profitability and sustainability, um, mm-hmm. that you should be looking to generate income um, mm-hmm. and you should be able to sustain your business without necessarily re- receiving um, you know, support, not support, but donations to keep the business afloat. I'm not talking about supporting yourself as a missionary or as a worker. I'm talking about your business. Okay. So oftentimes we, you know, we kind of, there's been this sort of bad rap that has gone, you know, uh, I forget who said it, but they called it, you know, tent fakers, you know, like these <laughs> guys, they're not doing tent making, they're doing tent faking, you know, and, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to have that. You know, we want our, our businesses, if we're going to do business, do business well. If you're going to do medical, do medical well. If you're going to do education, do it well. You know, and so we want it to be profitable because that's innate in business. Right. Is this profitable? And we want it to be sustainable that if you have to step out for any reason, it will keep on running uh, without you. So those are kind of our four distinctive that we come down when we talk about business's mission. That's 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 phenomenal. And so. The, you you shared about the distinctive proclamation. Um, is that is that is that a, a challenge for some people as they come out to to make it specific that they can proclaim the name of Jesus in the process? Yeah, I think some people. There's two kind of there's two sort of categories of people, right? There's some people that are would say, you know what, I'm investing so much of my life and of money starting up a business, and it's taking a ton of time and you know, maybe capital that they think, oh, I better not mention the name of Jesus or do proclamation because I don't want to endanger this business startup. Mm. Let me get it going first. And mm. then we can begin the proclamation two years down the road or whatever. You know, like I've heard people actually say that, that oh, we're not going to actually proclaim until years down the road until we get the business running. And I, and I, I disagree with that. Okay. I believe that from the moment we start, anytime we meet somebody, they should know we're a Jesus lover. They should mm-hmm. know that that's, that's the most important part of our, our lives. You can't, you know, when you love something, you talk about, talk, yeah. talk about it, right? If you love right. a sports team, you talk about it. If you love a new restaurant, you share it. If you yeah. love your wife, you talk about her. If you love Jesus, you will talk about him. Yeah. And so to me, proclamation just flows out of an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. Wow. Now, that said, I have also met people that don't focus on their business very much. Yeah. And they just come in thinking, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to run this, you know, this, whatever it is. Um, I'll just use a, an example, a Christmas party or an English club. And the sole purpose is to get people in the door so that I can, you know, speak Jesus to them. Okay. That's great. But you're not actually doing what you say you're doing of teaching English or doing whatever. And so hmm. we just need to be careful that we actually are, you know, I think professional in our yeah. business and then professional and proclamation, yeah. they can, they can go together. They can merge together. Yeah. Um, but you can fall off of both sides of the horse, right? You can, yeah. you can actually, and I, I think there's this, uh, you know, a, a good balance of being a bold proclaimer of Jesus who is professional and excellent in what you do. Wow. 
That's challenging. Challenging. Can you share some examples? Probably listeners in are probably thinking, bam, business's mission. What are there some examples you could share of maybe what that looks like in, in certain places around the world? Sure. Yeah. Again, I won't mention any names because right. of security reasons for people who right. are involved in them. And I probably won't give you a specific type, right. but you know, we have, what we've seen is, you know, BAM can go anywhere from a small venture, a one person okay. venture up to many, you know, up to okay. a factory. All right. And, and what I like to do is I, I love to use the picture of a door. I don't know if you've, if you've traveled to North Africa, but if you've been in North Africa, you go and there's all sorts of doors, you know, yeah. whether it's Morocco or Tunisia and they, you know, you can see, and some doors are little yeah. and some, some doors are huge and big. Some doors are doors within doors. Hmm. Right. And I love to think of the, you know, business admission kind of like that. It's like, what's your access? What's your bad? What's your door to get in? And it could be a little one just for you, or it could hmm. be a big one for other people. Okay. And so you may, you might be able to bring it. So, you know, examples would be, um, you, we hear of like coffee shops, you hear mm. of, um, English centers, import, export, um, okay. adventure, tourism, tourism in general, uh, factories. Um, so there's all sorts of different types of things, cake, baking, you mm. know, people doing what God has, you know, given them a passion for and trying to combine their passion yeah. with, you know, this business idea. And so, yeah, oftentimes finding that idea is a challenge because you're going into a, a context and you, you have to research and figure out what's actually going to be welcomed, yeah. what's going to be wanted and what's going to be needed, hmm. you know? And so you have to find that um, so that you'll be able to create a business that, or an identity um, that works there. Now, can I just clarify, you know, I'm using business as our example, right? you know, business's mission. We're talking about that. Business's mission is just one component, one segment of creative access, for example. Creative okay. access, you could use retirement to get on creative access. You could mm -hmm. get use student visas. You can okay. use medical NGO work. You can go get a job and just take a job in uh, you know, a secular business that's on the ground there. Right. When we talk about business's mission, oftentimes we're talking about going to create a okay. business, a Christ-centered business, that is there for the purpose of, you know, proclamation um, and impacting that nation for Jesus. You mentioned, uh, I'm probably gonna, not going to remember the right order, wanted, welcomed, and or needed, those three things. Is that is that kind of like riverbanks or something that you look at when you're thinking about? Because I'm thinking I'd like somebody to come and start um, apple pies, but maybe the apple pies might not work in some places because I, I love apple pie. And anyway, is that something you look at? Because if somebody has a passion for something, but it's not welcomed, wanted, or needed, maybe that's not a right fit in the right place. But anyway, could you share a minute or two about that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's, you know, I, I think I've written a blog post on BAM360.org that talks about five different viewpoints to consider when you're looking at a new startup. All right. Okay. And, and one of the things is that cultural context. Okay. Understand the cultural context. And then understanding the cultural context, you have welcome, wanted, and needed. Hmm. Because you can have something that's welcomed and wanted and people going, yeah, we, we want this. Wow, this is great. You know, come on. But they don't need it. And so they're not going to put their money towards it, right? Or, or you could have something that is, that's, uh, you know, like wanted and needed, but it's not welcomed by the religious yeah. elite right. or the society and they shut you down right away. Right. Or you could have something that is, you know, at one point we were coaching on, a, on a, an aviation startup, you know, they're looking to do an aviation and 
and we came very clear early on, there's a couple key players in the government level who know the government. And if you start messing with that sector, yeah. they're going to shut you down. And so it was not <laughs> welcomed at all. Like it, it was wanted and it was needed, yeah. but it was not welcomed, you know, yeah. and that we, we didn't go forward. Yeah. So just those, yeah, from a cultural component, having those as like guidelines, like you said, guardrails, we kind of put it through that viewpoint. But then there's other things to consider looking at yourself, looking at, you know, your organization, looking at the risk, looking at, you know, um, the financial sides too. For sure. For sure. You talk, um, you just kind of mentioned that on your website, um, you have, you've developed a tool that helps someone understand their, their BAM identity, I think is, is I, I looked into it and t- actually took it myself. Um, can you share about the tool and some reasons it's valuable for someone that's, that's praying and, and, uh, yeah, just thinking about going into a BAM and yeah, how the tool can help them. I found it very insightful for me, um, and it's uh, it's very user friendly and uh, it was very very well done. Yeah, well, about ten years ago, probably um, we had this realization that when we were talking about, we started using the word identity, and people would had in their mind this whole idea of like, oh, we're just talking about professional. We're just talking about you know what you do for your job, and as we we're looking about it, we we're thinking about it, we're like, no, hold on, there's actually another a couple axes that you'd have to think about. And and we thought about, you know, there's your, your Christian witness. You have that component of your identity. You have your professional identity, and then you have your cultural awareness. There's these three pieces. And if you don't have those three pieces, they're kind of like a a stool. If you're missing one of those legs of the stool, you have a pretty wobbly identity. Okay. It's kind of shaky. And we, we wanted to help people to, um, assess or to look at their own identities to see, make sure, do we have any blind spots of where we can, you know, um, sure up our, our identities, each one of those legs. And so what we did was we, we kind of created this tool that takes the three components. We broke down the three components into actually 12 different characteristics. So Christian witness, we talk about bold proclamation, telling stories, blah, 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 blah. And then under cultural awareness, learning the language, male, female relationships, whatever. And then under the business, you know, a professional workspace or whatever. And we have people take a test that they can kind of look at it. It's supposed to, when it's working correctly, graph out their, their, you know, their identity on a, on a circle graph and let them see, Oh, here's areas that I could improve on. Here's areas that I could, that I'm doing great in. And then we've written a little booklet, that kind of goes along with that to kind of give some people some ideas of how they can improve, how they can, you know, what it might look like in a context for a mother with children or a single man or something like that. Um, maybe the best way is to give you like an example of sure. why it's so important. Um, consider this, like consider there's a female, a lady working in uh, North Africa. Um, she is excellent at her job. Fantastic. She's very professional doing it well. She's bold for Jesus. She, she can proclaim the gospel and she's sharing with everyone. Right. But she's wearing a mini skirt and a tank top. All of a sudden in many contexts that will hinder her long-term effectiveness in that culture. And there are certain areas of North Africa or the Middle East that wouldn't, that, that would just blind. I would just kind of get in the way of everything else she's doing. Mm-hmm. not having that cultural awareness, or maybe she can't speak the language or she can't communicate. So even though she wants to share about Jesus, she can't communicate the language. Okay. Um, or if you do it the other way, you may have someone who is, you know, 
amazing, amazing uh, proclamation and culture, but they don't have the business, you know, and people just look and go, oh, missionary. I mean, mm -hmm. this is what they are. They're clearly a missionary, you know, yeah. it, all three of those areas, you know, you can look at it, you can take it and isolate them. And, you know, if you have a businessman who's culturally aware, but not proclaiming Jesus, they just look and go, oh, he's a moral business person. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever. So, you know, it really helps people long term to, you know, build up that identity that is sustainable and can help them be effective for long term. That said, we never, never, never want to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, limit or, you know, our Christian witness. Like yeah. that is, that's our primary identity. We love yeah. Jesus. Yes. So we don't ever hide that one. That's not, that to me is not hidden. We can, we can work on all of them, but we, yeah, we don't want to ever hide the fact that we're Jesus lovers. For sure. Toby, do you think that, that somebody can grow in those three areas? You talk about witness, cultural awareness, professional identity. Um, is that something when, when you use the tool, does it help you say, hey, maybe these some areas I might need to grow in? And then have you found some resources that might be valuable for those that are looking to grow in those areas? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we can all continue, continually learn. You know, we should be growing um, Hopefully we never say, wow, I've arrived at sharing the gospel. I am, I am, I am the man, you know yeah. what I mean? Or yeah. I've arrived at, at, at language. We all continue to, to grow. Um, so I, I do think, I just want to point out, oftentimes when we see this business of mission, if we look at that as like a, a piece of, as a pie, and there's three big segments of the pie, what we see is people have put a lot of time and energy filling up the Christian witness Okay, they, they, they've got that. They've gone to Bible school or they've done CP trainings, CP plans. They, they've, got, they've got a lot of time and energy invested into that Christian witness side of things. Okay. okay. And then we go to the cultural awareness side. And they're oftentimes missionaries, you know, mission agencies put a lot of time and energy into cultural awareness, learning language, homestays, yeah. understanding, you know, pre-field trainings. And then you get to the professional identity side. And I know the organizations I've worked with, a lot of them were like, hey, that's on you. You figure uh -huh. that out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. we're, we don't have the capacity or the not. And so I think things are changing now that we're starting to see different organizations coming and say, you know what, we need to equip and help our people because we're setting them up for failure. We're mm -hmm. actually, um, uh, I love the example. Um, if I can tell a little story. Yeah, here, like, sure. I like the example of what we do is we, we you know, we go, we go up to somebody and we go, hey, do you know what, uh, what worship is and they go yeah i do and you say well can you define worship yeah yeah i, I can define worship do you love to work yeah i love worshiping um have you ever experienced worship and they go yeah i've experienced worship and then you go do you play the guitar and they say no i don't and you go here here's a guitar lead worship on sunday yeah right yeah and then what is it, what's going to happen yeah they they bomb they fail yeah. right and yeah. so we set people up for failure like that with business as mission. We just go, Hey, do you know what business is? Have you experienced a business? Do you understand what business is? And then you go, but you've never run one. You've never done training in it. You've never, okay, here, here's one, run it. Wow. Right. Yeah. And we, and we just people more than not people fail, you know? Wow. And so um, are there things that people can do to get better? Absolutely. Sure. I think there's, you know, there's online trainings that you can do. Um, there's, you know, there's books that you can read, online courses, in all of them, actually, even finding a mentor or a coach to walk with you through each of those elements. You know, oftentimes mission 
provides you with a team leader who coaches you in the Christian witness right. and the cultural awareness, but we don't provide a coach that, that does the other side. Right. <laughs> and I'm not saying, you know what you hear me, I'm talking about this third piece of the, the, yeah. the, the, the pie. Right. Yeah, that's right. Cause I think that's where we've been weak. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't trump everything else, but I think we need to begin as mission. We need to begin looking at this as a long-term because I've seen people who've done this with the three pieces of pie who have, who are excellent in, you know, in proclamation, excellent with the culture and excellent in business. And all of a sudden, you know, their boldness, their, their, you know, what they're seeing, what they're long-term, they're being able, they're able to stay eight, 10, 15 years somewhere. That's going to really, you know, thrust them into ministry. Now it doesn't happen always. There are people who've been places for years and, you know, there's like the Lord's the one who brings the fruit. We yeah. don't, we can't control that, but we can control, you know, how many times we open our mouths, how, how well we open and we speak, you know, we can control those things. And, you know, are we in relationship? Are we in community and doing things with people? So, and yeah, goes, I think you can get better at it. Yeah. And I think it goes to your point. And originally you talked about sustainability. And so I think if, if, if a business, as you said, is going to be sustainable, then we have to know what we're doing for sure. For sure. Yeah. Under that, um, I, when I took the, the, use the tool and then under that tool, as you use, shared very well how it's broken up into those things. Um, but do, under that categories, it, it talked about dupli no duplicity and sustainability, and that those were key elements in a BAM. Could you just talk about why no duplicity and, and sustainability are, are keys? Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of my, you know, get on my soapbox, you know, a little bit, but um, duplicity is something I think, you know, we don't, want to be duplicitous. We don't want to be saying one thing and doing something else. To me, that boils down to an integrity issue. Uh, we as, as missional minded people, we say we are full of integrity in everything we do. Christ calls us to holiness and integrity. When we are, you know, in a sense, what I think when we are faking, when we are, when we say we're, you know, uh, import exporting and we never export something, or when we say, you know, we're doing this and we never do it, or we do it just poorly. Do we do enough to get, oh, I am a, I'm a, whatever, I'm an English teacher and we teach, you know, one hour a week. Okay. Yeah. You are teaching English. Right. right. Um, but I, I think, you know, no one would, no one would appreciate, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a missionary and I share the gospel one time a year. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like so there's, there's this like, there's this duplicity thing to me. That's like integrity, full of integrity. We want to be doing what we say we're doing. And that's not a hard thing, actually. Yeah. I'm not talking about actually making a ton of money or I'm not talking about, you know, go, you know, being super profitable or employing 50 people or having this amazing business. I'm saying, if you say you teach English, teach English well. If you say you do medical, do medical well, whatever, you know, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. So no duplicity when I talk about that, the For sustainability sure. piece in my mind is something is two factor is twofold. Yes. There's the piece that we want this to keep going on. And so oftentimes people say, Oh yeah, we're profitable company or we're breaking even. And what they mean by that is that they are paying the rent and the lights and the electricity, um, but they're not paying themselves anything, anybody mm -hmm. working there, like foreigners are not paying them. And then what happens is, is all of a sudden uh, a parent gets sick or they have to go, you know, to their home country for a while and they have to pull out and, and they can't keep the business going because there's no one to fill their role. But mm -hmm. if they had some sort of 
a sustainable model, even what I call a local level model, local level salary, they could hire a local person to fill their job. So mm -hmm. if they are teaching English, they could go out and find how much would it pay, would it cost me to find a local person to fill this job? And they could keep it sustainable and they could keep it going because as you know, and I know, things happen on the mission field. <laughs> you know, it happens. You get teammates leave, yeah. kids struggle, you yeah. know, aging parents, the organization calls you to do something, whatever. Yeah. Things happen and, you know, do you have some way of keeping it sustainable? More importantly for me, though, is really uh, comes on the second Thessalonians three, seven through 10. And uh, as we look at scripture with Paul, he's talking, he says this, he says, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we work night and day laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, Okay, we often stop there at verse eight and we go, <laughs> see, Paul was self-supporting. Yeah. Paul worked as a self-supporting. He, he was a tent maker. He supported himself. Look, it is a good, you know, model for self-supported missionaries. All right. This is tent making or business submission. Right. But when you read verse nine and 10, we did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate for even when you were with you, even when we were with you, we gave you this rule: the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Hmm. Paul saying here, I work night and day. Why? As a model to the local believers who are watching him. Hmm. Paul was modeling what it meant to do work and ministry at the same time. Sure. And I feel, again, soapbox maybe a little bit. Um, I feel like as the missional community, we have done a poor job modeling to our local brothers and sisters what it means to work and do ministry. All right. Hmm. We are oftentimes, I say this, we are oftentimes clergy acting like laity. We hmm. come in fully supported, fully funded, and we act like we're living as laity on the ground there doing, and we work 10 or 20 hours a week. And then someone comes to Jesus, one of our local friends comes to Jesus, and, and we want to bring them involved and get them going. And they look at us and they go, how can you work only 20 hours a week to sustain and support your family? Yeah. And they're like, we, I have to, like the, one of the guys I was discipling, he worked from nine in the morning till nine o'clock at night just to feed his family. The only time he had to come for discipleship was at nine o'clock at night. Wow. Okay, so, you know. We're getting into these countries and we want to, we have these kind of limitations we put on our people and say 15 to 20 hours a week. Well, okay, that's good for freeing up our time for proclamation for other things. But I think that's a horrible model hmm. for uh, the locals that we're leaving. I would rather someone work, you know, 30, 40 hours a week and then you, you and then show that and walk alongside people. And yes, it's hard. Oh, can you meet right now? I got to meet later. We're going to meet. Because they're going to have to do that for themselves later on. And if we want a reproducible, sustainable model for the local church, yeah. you know, then we have to model that. Yes, there is something called you know, clergy, but it usually takes 10, what I say, 10 families to support one, right? If, if, right. Every, if you tie it 10 percent, right. it takes 10 to one. So for every 10 people or 11 people, there will be one clergy. The rest of the people are going to have to be bivocational or working or whatever. Right. In, we don't model that. 
Yeah. And so how can we be a better model? And so that's when I talk about sustainability, I really want this to be a model that, that even our local brothers and sisters can actually copy and can be like, oh yeah, I understand what it means to work, do ministry, have families, you know, all that stuff, because there is a, it's a complex, you know, work environment, living environment. And, you know, there's things pulling at you, you know, all the time. People, sure. I guess one of the biggest questions I get asked all the time is like, Hey, how do you balance it all then? Yep. Like, how does it work? You know, and not easy. Right? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's easy. And when you, when you figure it out, please write the book and I'll buy it because <laughs> it isn't easy, you know, but uh, a friend of mine, I think the most encouraging thing a friend of mine told me, he's like, look, think about like a, your, your ministry kind of is like one of those cell towers, right? It's like a real yeah. tall tower. And, and when the wind blows, obviously that tower is going to like sway. And so what right. do you do? You put guy wires, you put these wires down to hold it in place. And, and the guy wires are, are like your family, your business, your team, your ministry, your local relationships, all those things are these things that hold it in place. And sometimes when the wind is blowing hard against family, you have to tighten up that family time. You have to spend more time hmm. focusing on your family. And maybe, hmm. maybe you have to step out of context for a little while because of your family. Or maybe the business is blowing on the business side. And so you have to tighten up the business one and you got to focus on business. Or if it's the, you know, the CP stuff. So it's always about, there's not just one tension that works. No, mm -hmm. you have to set, you have to constantly be adjusting and, and, and looking by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You know, wow. Lord, what do you want me to do today? Jesus, what's the most important thing for me to do today? Um, yeah. And you mentioned this is do you talk about intentional living so that as you talk about that tightening those different things to me that shares that, that there you have to be intentional about what you're doing can you just share about intentional living when you're being as a part of a bam yeah i think that you know intentional living is is one of the keys to to i don't know use the word successful successful is a hard word it's a successful bam right right but you know, it's one of the keys to, I think, you know, uh, living for Jesus there is you need to be intentional hmm. um, and, and, you, and you need to be intentional with every aspect of our life. Sometimes we go, oh, I, I you know, I'm going to go out for two hours. I'm going to share and go bold proclamation, do bold proclamation. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. But I believe that when you're when you're with your with your kids at their school. You know, hmm. you can be intentional with the relationships from your kids' schools and volunteering at the kids' school or whatever and getting involved as a parent there. Um, you can be intentional about joining a, a club, you know, hmm. with your, let's say you love soccer or football. You know, you can join a club and, and you can be intentional of a way to connect with people. You can use your hobbies, your passions to connect with people. You can also use your work hmm. and you can use your work to intentionally connect and use that to get you in front of people where you can share the gospel. And then probably the hardest part for most people, frankly, is you can be intentional about your door. Hmm. You can either open your door and leave and go out, or you can open your door and welcome people in. Hmm. The hardest part that we've seen for most people is just getting out of the door or opening the door. We are very comfortable in our homes and in our lives. Hmm. We, you know, we have, we've grown, you know, social media, Facebook, Netflix, all these things, you know, the, our newest show, whatever, connecting with supporters or family, you know, we're very comfortable. And, you know, again, I'm not saying those things are wrong, right? but they are a, they, they make it harder to just step out the door. I heard a, a, a veteran, she was a missionary had been for years serving in, I think, 
the Middle East somewhere. And we, I asked the question, I was like, well, what's, what's the, what's, if you have one advice to young missionaries or, you know, people in these countries, what would you say? What would be the biggest piece of advice? And she said, walk out your door. Hmm. I was like, Ooh, that was just, you know, like, just get out. <laughs> um, and and it, cause a lot of the other things happen once you get out, you meet yeah. people, you get opportunities to share and, and the Holy spirit will move, you know, mightily. So, um, yeah, I think intentional living is being intentional is, uh, you know, we, we actually use in, in our team, we actually use the, the, the acronym abide, uh, mm-hmm. for one of our church planning kind of models abide where a is just abide. Yeah. We want to abide with Jesus. Um, B is bold. We want to be bold, bold proclamation, being bold with people. Okay. We want to have be bold in it. I is being intentional. We believe you have to be intentional with your words, with your actions, with your lives, everything. Um, D, we believe D is, oh, I can't even remember. Stink. D, I should have been right. To, I should have had, I was thinking <laughs> off the top of my mind. Um, D is, E is expecting God to do great things. D is discipleship, I think. We want to be disciplers. We want to be people who are discipling, discipling well. Um, so that we can see that, you know, raising up the next generation of, of Christ followers. So anyway, sorry about that. I, I, I just going through my mind. And- so when you're looking um, at someone to come and serve on uh, a BAM, what's one of the major character, most important characteristics you're looking for in someone is, is when they come to serve? Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. And, and um, obviously the, you know, the first one is, is a, is, you know, an easy no brainer. They need to be lovers of Jesus. They need to be passionate about the nations. Okay. So that's, that's kind of, we, that's understood. Right. right. And we take that for granted. Right. So sure. we understand we want someone who loves Jesus, passionate about the nations going to be doing proclamation. The, the main thing then on top of that, that I looked for is actually work ethic. Hmm. I'm looking for somebody who is a hard worker hmm. um, because what we have seen that people who have that good work ethic, they're excellent. They work hard in learning language. They work hard in their business. They work hard with their family. They work hard to do like, they're just, there's people that you can trust and you can rely on, you know? And so, you know, I wish there was a way that you could somehow test for work ethic uh, before they actually came. Um, Because I think, you know, oftentimes we see people, um, not that they've never had to work before, but I think we get comfortable in you know our in our lifestyles and, and we just we don't really fully understand the amount of work it's going to take to yeah. do bam well to yeah. do language well to do ministry well to do all of these things the family well you got to be intentional and you got to work hard hmm. um, so i think yeah hard work work ethic and then also a learner someone hmm. who's a learner um because oftentimes you can teach most people especially in you know the simple businesses that we set up you can usually teach people the skill set, the knowledge of the business, but if they're not willing to learn, if they're like, yeah, I know how to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know that. I know that. And, and they come knowing it all is very, very hard to, you know, really teach them and, and, and for them to be successful. I'm sure. I'm sure. One last question for you. Um, what's one of the biggest challenges if you, you've many years in leading and coaching people in BAM, what's one of maybe the biggest challenges that you see that people run into when they get to the country they're coming to serve in and they just kind of run into it. Is there a common wall or a common barrier that people run into? 
from where I sit, just looking, I think probably the biggest challenge, we're talking business's mission, sure. right? the business, the biggest challenge that I see has to come with um, kind of the, the values or the ethos behind their business's mission or their, their strategy that they're coming to do. Um, there's, there are different, you know, camps on this. And, and I think that, you know, when someone comes understanding that they want the business to be, you know, full of integrity, not, not duplicitous, they want it to be sustainable. Um, those people thrive and, mm-hmm. they, and, they, and they, they, they can move forward. If someone sees the business as getting in the way or just a means to an end. And so, cause I've had people tell me like, you know, I was coaching a guy and he said, I resent the time I have to put in my business. Hmm. Um, well, because he sees it as getting in the way of, you know, why he's really there. Hmm. Um, and so it's, it's this kind of their, the, 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 their mental shift. They need to make a mental shift. I think, I think it's education. I think it's involved in themselves. I think it also t- it needs to happen in organizations, mission agencies. And I think it also needs to happen in churches that we need to get our minds around that, you know, what our lives are fully devoted and bring glory to Jesus. And that when we're spending time working, doctoring, doing education, that brings glory to the Lord. And then through those times and those relationships, we're going to be able to proclaim the name of Jesus, you know, because so I think the biggest challenge is actually getting over the mindset of business or BAM gets in the way of what I'm really there to do. Mm. But if we can see that BAM helps you, um, you know, we've, you know, if you go on our website, I think we have like 11 reasons we believe that BAM is a great model for CP. Like, it's, yeah. you know, we, we believe that BAM actually thrusts you into CP. We okay. believe that it's, it, it helps. It yeah. doesn't get in the way, you know, yeah. it gets you to people of peace. It gives you access, lets you identify with local believers you know, or, or even local non-believers. You know, it, it just helps so much. Yeah. And so I think it's that mind sh- shift that if people can get past that, um, and obviously there's the obvious one that many people who God is calling have never run a business before. Yeah. And so then they struggle <laughs> when they get there because they're like, Oh, Oh, it's a guitar lead worship, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And then we set them up for failure. So I think that organizations are doing a good job. There are some really good, you know, uh, resources out there. People who are trying to coach, equip, train people pre-field yeah. so that when they hit the ground, they have a better chance of success. Um, because it is tough. It is hard and it's by God's grace yeah. and his power um, that we're only able to do any of this, you know? Awesome. So yeah, awesome. not easy, but uh, amazing opportunities to share the word of God with people through. Well, my dad always says anybody can do easy. So um, anyway, that's, it, it, <laughs> that's, that's true. Toby, it's been a phenomenal to spend some time with you today to learn from you. Um, I'll put links um, to the, the website and to the tool um, in the show notes. Would you, we normally end the podcast in prayer. Would you pray for, yeah, pray for the audience in whatever um, direction God leads you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me here. And I just pray that it's been a blessing and encouragement um, to those listening. Jesus, we honor you. We give you the glory. Um, Lord, we know that you have a heart for the nations, that you desire that people come to you, that they would hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we pray that as the church rises up to do that, as we obey the great commission, as we go and make disciples of all nations, Lord, I pray that we would do that well with excellence, Lord, whether that's 
using business or using education or traditional mission models, whatever it is that you'd have us, Lord, I pray that we would be faithfully obedient to what you called us to do. God, for those people that are looking to do business as mission, Lord, I pray that you would encourage their hearts, that you would empower them, Lord, that you'd give them the skill set, the wisdom, the knowledge uh, to help them do it well, Lord. For those that are struggling right now, that they feel like, man, this is tough. Lord, I pray that you would encourage their hearts. Lord, help them to be able to find people that can coach them and help walk along this uh, this journey that they're going along with. Lord, we ultimately, we want to see your name glorified. We want to see uh, Jesus exalted across all the world. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just bless the listeners wherever they are, Lord, right now, what they're thinking about. Lord, calm their mind, calm their hearts, give them the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do what you call them to do. So thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We love you. In your holy name we pray.